This podcast presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The host purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only answer to paranormal phenomena. We have not yet begun to touch the surface into these supernatural occurrences. With that being said, welcome to the Paranormal Journal. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Paranormal Journal. I'm your host, John Curley. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Paranormal Journal. Thank you guys for tuning in, listening, downloading the content, sharing it, like it, love it. I hope you guys are enjoying all this content because I'm enjoying talking about it. Tonight's episode is going to be on the crystal skulls. I've always been fascinated about this uh, subject and these crystal skulls and the phenomena around these uh, skulls. And tonight we're going to have Mr. Joshua Shapiro. He's going to be talking to us about his research into the crystal skulls. Now, Joshua has been involved with this since 1983 when he had a telepathic kind of interaction with one of these skulls and drew him into the uh, the path that he's on now with uh, exploring these uh, crystal skulls. He's written uh, several books and has been a joint writer in, in another book, um, one book written in 89 called Mysteries of the Crystal Skulls Revealed, another one back in 2004, Journeys of the Crystal Skull Explorers. And uh, he has a lot to talk about these crystal skulls and we're going to have him on here tonight talking about them so stay tuned don't go anywhere i'm going to get him on the hook in a few seconds and we are going to be talking with mr joshua shapiro the crystal skull explorer so thank you joshua for coming on the uh, paranormal journal i appreciate it talking about your uh, many experiences with the uh, crystal skulls i don't know much about the crystal skulls but from what i've read about their they have a lot of uh, paranormal phenomena behind them, and uh, most definitely. So, w- when did you get first started in uh, the the crystal skulls? Well, my first contact really was in 1983, and what happened was I was visiting a metaphysical bookstore in San Jose, California. And I was uh, going to see my friend because I had copies of this book I had written called Journeys of an Ukraine Age Networker, which came out in 82. And while I was visiting with her, she pulled out these pictures of an amethyst crystal skull, which I had never seen before or heard of. And the thing that was very unusual about it was is I had a very powerful response to the picture. It was like, when I'm looking at it, I started to feel like there was this inner earthquake going on inside of me. My body was vibrating. (coughs) And then the weird thing was, is that maybe 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, there was an actual earthquake in California because this bookstore was in San Jose, California. Kalinga, California, which I think is like about 100 miles south of San Jose, they had a, a major earthquake. <clears throat> and the, the picture was vibrating on the table when the earthquake happened. And then another thing I remember from this experience, and it was like 
you know, when you're on your own spiritual path or you're involved with the paranormal, there's always going to be very special moments where you're going to have a key experience and it changes your life forever. So I believe this was one of mine. I started hearing the skull talk to me through the picture. And what I remember, I can't remember the exact words, but I remember the essence of what was said to me was something like, we are returning now to help humanity to create world peace. So Joshua, now that you know, what are you going to do about it? So it was almost like this crystal skull knew my soul, knew that on some level, I was going to get involved with crystal skulls and I was going to make it like a major commitment in my life to you know, investigating them and sharing the most important information that came across my path or what I learned about them. And so I was granted a copy of this, a picture of this crystal skull, and I start taking it and sharing it with other people. And then eventually I got invited back to San Jose, California. And I found out that this skull was stored in a vault in a local art gallery, that the people who were in possession of it was a group of Hispanic businessmen. And supposedly there was this young person in town who was interested to see the skull and they were interested to try to sell it. So what I learned is later on, what happened is a Mayan priest had brought this crystal skull to them from Mexico and they gave him a loan. And if he repaid the loan, they would have given him the skull back, but he never did. So by the time I'm seeing it, I think they had started to take possession of it. And so, unfortunately, uh, only one of the businessmen really understood the importance of this crystal skull. For the rest of them, it was just money. Um, you know, eventually, I think in 1999, they eventually sold the skull. So, like 16 years later, they didn't sell it that day. But because this person came in to the art gallery, I was able to see the skull and touch it. And it just, um, this is what happens to me with certain crystal skulls. They integrate into my vibrational frequency. And it's like if I think about them, I can actually feel them. Even though they're not here physically, I can feel their essence around me. And so this was the first one that did that to me. And I would feel it over my right shoulder. That's where it integrated with me. So whenever I think about the amethyst skull, I feel it over my right shoulder. So that's basically how I got started. And then I would share pictures of this with people when I would do my public presentations. And then eventually I met the two people I would write uh, my first book with, or our first book actually, uh, Mr. Nasserino and Ms. Bowen. I met them in 85. And then in 88, we came out with the Crystal Skull book. And in 89, we came out with a professional version where, you know, we went to a, a printer and had the printer pay for it. So that's kind of how it started for me. And it really, it hasn't stopped since then. Every, well, I can't say every day, but let's say every month, every few months, there's always some new insight or new skull or some new development that comes up. So it's like, for me as an Aries, this is a per perfect subject to study because it's constantly changing. It's 
it's in flux. There are new things happening. There are new insights. There might be a new skull that comes to my wife, Katrina, and I that we're going to work with, you know, and becomes part of our collection. Uh, so we just never know what's going to happen with that. But I most definitely never forgot the message that the Amethyst Skull told me, which is they're returning to help humanity to create world peace. So it must mean, and I believe this now because between 1983 and 2022, that's what, 39 years. Uh, I've met many skulls since that time. I've had other skulls telepathically talk to me and I've watched how they have affected people. And they are a great catalyst for awakening the divinity or our spiritual aspect within us. And um, I'm not the only one that feels that. I've talked to many people now, other people who have their own crystal skulls or other teachers who travel like I do and share about them. And many people feel that, that this is a key tool that probably was gifted to humanity perhaps thousands of years ago, and now they're returning to come back. And it makes sense because where we are right now here at the end of June of 2022, we still have a lot of great challenges going on in our world, and we need all the help we can get. And I believe that these are sacred tools that were gifted to humanity to help us so that one day we can have total peace and harmony. So that's kind of my my beginning, how I got involved in all this job. That's quite interesting. I know um, I've read a few things on the crystal skulls and I read that uh, Hewlett Packard had, had done tests to see how these things were constructed yeah. and they, they haven't been able to figure it out since uh, they can't find any tool marks on them and things like that. And, you know, they're, they're made of what, like quartz and stuff like that. Right. Well, the, the first crystal skulls that came out publicly were made out of quartz. However, now that, you know, and this is back in the 1800s. So now that we're here in the 21st century, there are crystal skulls that are made out of almost every gemstone that you can imagine. Wow. Whether they're being created by modern carvers or they were created by ancient civilizations in the past. So... The definition of the crystal skull now has to include any type of gemstone that is in the shape of a skull, whether it's human or alien or animal or stylized or uh, very advanced or primitive. So when the first one came out, really the Mitchell Hedges skull, which is what Hilary Packard had access to for a period of time, because Anna Mitchell Hedges, who was the guardian of the skull, had gave it to um, Mr. Frank Dorlin, who lived in um, California, and he made the arrangement to bring it to Hewlett Packard. Uh, and this was in the 1970s. You know, they were going, we're not sure we could create such a crystal skull. Now, the key to understand, because there are modern carvers now who have come really close to duplicating the Mitchell Hedges skull now, but what they're doing is they're using diamond tip tools. A diamond is a very hard substance, and so is quartz crystal, but diamond is harder than quartz. And I've actually met carvers who showed me that when they use these diamond tip tools with quartz, it cuts through it like butter. Wow. So it allows them, you know, if they're very talented carvers, that they can pretty much create whatever shape or form that they want to do. 
However, when the Mitchell Hedges was brought to Hewlett Packard, uh, I'm not sure if it's the 70s or the early 80s, they were just developing diamond tip tools. So in other words, this skull came from hundreds or thousands of years, somebody else made it, and we're just developing the tools when Hewlett Packard has the skull that could do something like this. So this is um, you know, part of the mystery of it. And to me, it is a sign that there have been very advanced civilizations on the earth, probably more advanced than, than us right now. Um, and they made these kind of very sophisticated carved tools and they may not have been using you know, even diamond tip tools, it could have been lasers, it could have been the power of the mind, we don't know. Um, so this was why Hewlett Packard said that because at this period of time, diamond tip tools were just coming out and they hadn't really even investigated or used them. So they weren't sure whoever made the Mitchell Hedges skull, how they did it. You know, when we didn't have the technology at that time to do that. So, um, so that's kind of key, but for me, what I think is the most telling sign with the skulls is the vibrational frequency of energies that are around them, especially ones which we call ancient or very old, which means they were made more than 2000 years ago. Some of these very old skulls, they just have an extremely powerful energy around them that affects people in very powerful ways. I mean, Supposedly, like with the Mitchell Hedges girl, Anna Mitchell Hedges, when she was alive, had reports of people who were visiting with her to see this girl who had some kind of serious illness. And they were reporting back, hey, I went to the doctor and it's totally gone. You know, like the, the frequency of energy that skull had is a healing skull or the amethyst skull. Remember, I told you there was this gentleman, Hispanic gentleman, name was Al Ramirez, and he's the one who actually gave the Amethyst Skull its name, Ami, which means friend, which, was, which came when he granted us permission to do some research with that skull. We worked with the Meridian Stress Test System, which is a system that doctors in Europe use and possibly here in the United States, where they use um, electrodes to touch the meridians on the body and the body will not lie what's going on with it. And they can read and understand what challenges a person has. And then they have a whole computer system connected to it, which will tell uh, what remedies, what natural substances to use to help the person who has that condition. So we actually used this device with Ami, where we were testing people and we saw how Ami was affecting people energetically. And uh, Al Ramirez, who was one of the owners, he was the only one who understood this skull. He actually had a health challenge that happened to him while he was one of the owners of the skull where he had a blood vessel in his brain that wasn't growing properly. And the doctors told him, look, if you are a younger person, we have a procedure that could correct this and there wouldn't be um, you know, such a negative effect on you, but being, I don't know, he was 60 or 70 when he was diagnosed, being that you're older, we can't guarantee that if we do surgery, this is going to help you. It might make you uh, like a vegetable. So 
um, he agreed to the surgery and that's what happened. He could barely think, he couldn't move, but somehow he communicated to his family to have him on the ground and put the crystal skull, the back of the crystal skull to the back of his head. And all he did was when that happened, he thought, I'm going to be perfectly well. I'm going to be healed. And he got healed and the medical doctors had uh, no explanation for how that could happen. So definitely one of the key aspects of the crystal skulls is it can work as a healing tool. It can amplify your creative gifts. It can amplify your spiritual gifts. This is what I think has happened to me. I think um, my gift of telepathy has been uh, enhanced. My gift of feeling of energy and intuition has been enhanced because I've been around these crystal skulls a lot. And, you know, all the different types of skulls from the new ones being made to the very, very old ones. And, um, you know, so it's a, just a very interesting what, what happens with the skull. So I probably went way out on your question, John, but. No, 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 not at all. It's actually great. Uh, do you think, yes. do you think that these skulls are originated from like another, another planet? Well, I definitely think there is an extraterrestrial connection with them. Um, and here's some of the things that have come up that lead me to that um, feeling. So there is a crystal skull I have called Portal de Luz, which is Portuguese or Spanish or Portal of Light. And I think that this name is absolutely perfect. And this skull was made by a very uh, talented Brazilian carver, I met him, and he's probably made, I don't know, hundreds or over a thousand skulls. He's very talented. Um, but what happened is uh, this skull was gifted to me at a crystal skull conference in Sedona, Arizona in 1999. And I was invited to be a speaker. And the people who had the booth next to mine, they were selling these crystal skulls that had been carved in Brazil by this particular carver. And um, my ex-wife, who was Brazilian at that time, she fell to, to buy the skull for me. And from the very first night, I started having a telepathic communication with him. He was uh, by, you know, in the hotel room, he was on the table next to my head on the bed. And I don't know if he was activated by being around the other skulls. There were some older skulls there. There was one called Wind Song, which definitely has a galactic being that works through it. That's why uh, it, the skull has this name. My friend White Petrie found it at a video store. Um, <clears throat> he was actually called to that video store by the skull to come find it. And he had received through a a medium that there was a galactic being whose presence went in, came to the earth, went into this huge block of crystal that was shaped into a skull. And the closest we can come to the name of the being is the song of the wind or wind song. So I don't know if uh, Portal de Luz um, got energized by the, this galactic being because he is around wind song and a bunch of other skulls. But I noticed, even though he was a new skull, and with the name Portal of Light is reflecting the idea of, of having a, 
uh, consciousness from other dimensions, which we could call extraterrestrial or other worlds, that started to to work through him and speak through him. And um, you know, I've always felt that Portal de Luz carries cosmic energies, or I'm kind of like a cosmic shaman because you know I've had a strong connection with. Um, Oh, I don't know how to phrase this. I I have galactic beings that talk to me telepathically. Like, for example, I think I told you we're setting up this new center called the Center for the Advancement of Humanity. This is something that, that came up in 2018. And I feel like my like our galactic brothers and sisters came after me and said, Joshua, you need to start working on creating it in the Atlanta area where you live this year. You need to start talking to people and everything. So we have a whole group of people in, in various countries supporting it. But there seems to be, every time I talk about it with other people, I always feel on my right side like there's a galactic being, I think it's an Arcturian, uh, who is assisting me with this and, and helping us to build the center. And the crystal skulls are going to be very connected to the center. I'm sure we're going to do a lot of um, public events and publish books and do documentaries and all kinds of things in the center. Because I'm going to be giving all my information I've collected over the years to the center. And hopefully we'll have all these people helping me so I don't have to do everything. Because, you know, like when I go to write my books, I am doing everything uh, except for the artwork. I find a person who creates the artwork for me. But as far as, you know, setting the book up on the computer and doing it the way uh, our books now are published, self-published through Amazon uh, has a publishing part there, uh, which I forget what they call it. It's kind of a funny word. Um, and, uh, you know, so so I I've had experiences connected with various galactic beings. And it comes up with the crystal skulls too. So one of our theories is, is that perhaps the crystal skulls were initially gifts from the gods. Okay, like uh, the Mesoamerican people like the Mayan and the Aztec, they believe in um, contact with the gods. The Mayans talk about um, the um, Pleiadian, Pleiadian, I think, the gods from the Pleiades. And so it's possible that maybe some of these indigenous people who have this connection with crystal skulls, because we find some of the crystal skulls in their ruins, in Mayan ruins, there have been crystal skulls found, um, that they were gifts from the gods. And uh, this would go along with the message I talked about of me that we're coming back to help humanity, that this was their original purpose and they were gifted to advantage to help us. And now that we're going through all these challenges, you know, we need their assistance again. And the extraterrestrials gifted us um, the skulls as a sacred tool to help us in our spiritual evolution and growth. Because this is the sensing I have from all my experiences. Another thing that has come up in the, in the Mitchell Hedges skull when my co-authors uh, Nasserino and Bowen were doing research with the Mitchell Hedgeskull. They were using color and sound, exposing the skull to that. And holographic images would start showing up in the skull. 
and it would show uh, galactic beings. It would show um, Mayan cities with flying saucers around it. So, um, and actually there was another skull that I met, which is called E.T. by the guardian, Yogi Ben Deaton, which uh, this is one of the very old ones I believe we know about where I had the opportunity to meet the skull with the guardian. Because the first time she saw the skull, I was there. Uh, because I happened to know the owner of this crystal store in the Los Angeles area. And he found me at a conference and he said I had to go to his store. And he wanted me there because he wanted to have somebody involved with crystal skulls when uh, he first met uh, Yoka. And so I met Yoka at his store and then he invited us to his house. And he had in his house, in um, you know, a box because a family found this skull on their property in Guatemala or Honduras. I don't remember which one. I think it was Guatemala. And, um, you know, they desperately needed help and money and they sold the skull to him and Yoka made an arrangement with him to get it. So when he brought it out in the box for the first time for her to see it, I saw it. And this skull definitely looked extraterrestrial. Okay, Mitchell Hedges looks like our bone skull. But the one, and that's probably why she called it E.T., is it looks extraterrestrial. He has a pointed jaw and a pointed head, and it's not totally like a human skull. And this one was made out of smoky quartz. Mitchell Hedges is clear quartz. Mitchell Hedges, just to show the difference, is two pieces. It has a lower separate jaw from the top part, but E.T. is one solid piece that it was made. And... E.T. was there with Yoka at this conference where I got Portal to lose. And E.T. was part of a Mayan sunrise ceremony as Portal to lose was. And Portal to lose was next to E.T. So again, another possibility of how Portal to lose started to become receptive to having uh, galactic beings work through it. So what I see with the crystal skulls and the possible relationship with the galactic beings, especially if it's made from quartz. Quartz is a transmitter and receiver of various frequencies of energy. I mean, like in all our electronics, we're using quartz crystal, which amplifies an electrical current. So what I think happens is these galactic beings or dimensional beings who are interested in humanity and want to help us, that through the this special ability of quartz crystal, they can uh, work through it, and they can actually emanate like it has a personality through the skull. Because this is the only way I can explain when I'm speaking to Portal de Luz, who am I talking to? I'm talking to some living consciousness. It knows me very well. It knows my strengths. It knows my weaknesses. Um, and, um, you know, we work together and I feel like Portal de Luz is like, you know, a being, a person. I relate to him like I would like I'm speaking to you, John. It's a person. But I feel with Portal de Luz that whoever these beings are that are working through, they're geared toward being more galactic. So, you know, some uh, some of us who are involved in in researching crystal skulls, we think that there is this UFO ET connection with the skulls that they possibly, the very old ones were gifts from the gods and uh, they were a tool given to humanity to help. 
So can we prove any of this? No, but there are other people who've had crystal skull experiences or are guardians of crystal skulls like we are, who feel the same way. They feel there is this galactic uh, connection with the skulls. Do you think so that, do you think that right. if you took the one of these skulls to maybe like a uh, a haunted location that it would uh, that it would kind of like increase paranormal phenomena or or something like that? Well, it definitely does increase paranormal phenomena because in a way, if it is what I call an a, an activated or an awakened crystal skull, it's literally like an energy vortex or a portal. Okay, so it is definitely going to amplify if there already is paranormal activity around it. Now, taking it to a haunted house, we have a different situation going on because in most cases, the haunted house is uh, with uh, a ghost or souls, lost souls, who cannot disconnect from their earthly lifetime. Like when they passed away, they, they were unwilling to go to the higher vibrational frequencies we go, whether you call it heaven or paradise or whatever. Um, and they kind of got stuck or a portion of their energy got stuck. So I think what would happen in the case of a haunted house is if it's a crystal skull that's emanating, you know, very powerful, positive healing energy, it's going to probably help to release those spirits so they can move and go on. Um, and uh, there's also a possibility too, because there are, are is this activity already, there already is some kind of dimensional um, vortex there, but whether it's positive or negative, I don't know. So maybe the skull might, might close it. Now, there was one time, um, that your question reminds me when I work with um, God, my memory's so bad when you get to be older, can't remember it. Let me think about this. Um, yeah, he, um, yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue. There was a group in England, Skull England, that conducted uh, ceremonies where they were sitting in basically like a sands on a wooden table with a glass jar behind it. And there is books written, it's called The Skull Experiment. And unfortunately, I can't remember the name of the man who, who led it. They, they moved from England to Spain, but I met him at a conference that I spoke at in England and um, made a very strong connection with him. And then he invited, uh, invited me and my another ex-wife I had at the time to come visit him in England. And what they did is they would do the ceremony in um, the basement of the a very old house. It was that location, that cellar seemed to have, is where, if you know what I mean by ley lines, where ley lines on the land there were crossing. And uh, this is where they would do it. and. What they were able to achieve, which I don't know if any other groups did this, is they actually had the spirits fully manifest in the room, in the physical. So in other words, first they had a contact, they used 
some other members were spiritual mediums, so the spirit would speak through. But it was like they were working with scientists from spirit. And they were trying to uh, work together to create where there would be a direct communication. So it would absolutely prove there is life after death. Because the spirits eventually, because they kept doing these sessions over and over, they built up the energy in this room. And there eventually came a point where the spirits were able to fully manifest in the physical and they could touch the people and they could speak to them and so on. Um, now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because Portal de Luz went to this location. Now, for some reason, this contact with spirit and these experiments, it ended in the middle part of the 1990s. So when, by the time I went there, which I think was like 2000 or 2001, you know, this strong energy they had in the room had basically been shut down. But I brought Portal de Luz into this space. And the idea was, could a crystal skull help to regenerate the uh, vortex that they had created so they could have the communication again? And unfortunately, that did not happen when we had the skulls there. However, I do know that Portal de Luz absorbed some frequencies of energy from that. And I noticed that after I took him out of that cellar, he had changed inwardly, physically. So um, this was another, you know, kind, kind of linked to the paranormal. So the crystal skulls can make a difference. Another experiment I'm thinking about to change the energy is Portal de Luz told me when I was in England, and he calls me dad. He said, dad, I want you to go take me to the crop circles. And of course, at this time, which was in the early 2000s, they were having crop circles in the southern part of England appearing everywhere. So um, we started to do that. I took him to the crop circles. And then eventually, I was able to um, work with some uh, crop circle researchers who could measure the energy in the crop circle. And so what we were curious about is if a crystal skull could go into a crop circle and change the frequency of energy. And um, I'm trying to remember the first time, but yeah, so what happened is what we did is we took uh, Portal, Deleuze and I to the center of the crop circle and the researcher had a device where he could measure the electromagnetic energy. And when he measured the energy at the center of this crop circle, which looked like, um, I think it was a yin yang pattern, the vibrational frequency was zero. In other words, on its dial, it was always zero. It didn't measure anything. But then Portal de Luz, when we were looking at him after he was near the center, we started to see like inside of him, I saw this, my ex-wife saw this and the researchers saw this in Portal de Luz. It looked like he was mirroring uh, an energy that was vibrating very fiercely, going up and down very quickly. So it was like neutralizing itself. And so this, to me, explained why the measurement was zero on the, on the device the researcher was using. So then we said, okay, so Portal de Luz wants me meditate to his favorite song, which happens to be um, 
Partial Bells Canon in D. It's a very famous song, very popular. It's at weddings. And, uh, it's used for small children to help them go to sleep because it's a very harmonious piece. So I start meditating with him. And then after I finished the meditation, we put Portavali back into the center and then we measured the energy and then it was off the scale. So somehow working and activating him and working with music, uh, this changed the, the crop circle. And the last experience I'm gonna tell you about, uh, again, to show the frequencies of energy around the skull, is I mm -hmm. met some people from Belgium when I was living in Holland, because I had a Dutch wife at that time. And they invited me to come to meet their group and do some tests on Portal de Luz, because they had a device they were working with, which is called a Lecure Antenna. And it's named after a, a man named Lecker. And what this is, it's like a dowsing rod, but it has numbers on the side. Like, you know, when you work with the dowsing rod, you're looking for water, the rods, you know, come apart by themselves. Well, this device worked the same way. It, when they set the measurement to a certain setting and it measured that frequency of energy, then the device would just automatically flip by itself. A, it, it was influenced by a specific frequency. So we took it to the group and they were using the lecture antenna like a dowsing rod, moving it towards Portal de Luz. And they measured certain frequencies on it that was coming from the skull. And the teacher was there and the teacher thought that nothing was going to happen. <laughs> when we did this test, uh, but all of a sudden the skull's flipping and the vibrational frequencies that Portal, Portal de Luz was, was emanating was the five, five human senses. They did this test three times and every time he would show that he was vibrating the five human senses. So this is just an example related to, you know, can we measure the energy? Is it of a paranormal? And so these things that are happening around Portal de Luz, which is just a modern skull made by a modern carver, is happening. So you can imagine with some of the very old ones that have been with civilizations, very old, very advanced, what those kind of crystal skulls could do. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. I, I've, I've always wondered, you know, if, I know there's hundreds of skulls, uh, you know, if they were all combined into one room, what kind of phenomena that would produce? That would probably be amazing. Oh, John, we've actually done this. Really? Um, yes. Um, at the Dutch conference that I worked on with friends in Holland, <laughs> excuse me, 2006, I believe, we, before the conference started, we had a room that probably had about a hundred skulls, which was a combination of the skulls brought by the various speakers and people that were working on the conference, volunteers. And uh, yeah, the energy was very powerful, but we noticed one thing. There was a, a, a jade, jade skulls that were there. And 
I met the man who had these jade skulls, and then he passed them on to this woman who was a crystal skull teacher and guardian in Scotland. Um, and she was the one who, who brought them and her friend. And there was when you put the, these jade skulls, and they purportedly were taken from some civilization in Asia by Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan would, would conquer all these people and he would take all their treasures. Uh, so the, this is the story the man told me, who was a, actually an Oriental man. Uh, and I'm not sure where his family came from, but that's what he told me. And I slept with these jade skulls. And the first night I could not sleep. It was very intense. And I talked to them. And then the second night I was able to sleep okay. But um, they seem to have a totally different type of frequency of energy than, let's say, the quartz skulls or the other type of gemstone skull. So they weren't compatible. So this was kind of interfering a little bit in the harmony of the crystal skulls in the room. But I know when we did Crystal Skull World Day, which I think was like 2014 or 2015, um, I think it was in the fall, like September, like September 13th or something like that. There was a group in Canada that had over 100 people and, and um, they had a thousand crystal skulls in the same room together. Wow. Almost unbelievable. So, yes, I think if you bring crystal skulls that are activated in a proper way together, it's going to be amazing energy. And we were, you know, doing world peace meditations uh, with the skulls. Although, of course, uh, most of the time we were not meeting directly in groups. It was individuals. But on Crystal Skull World Day, we did set up, you know, to have meetings with different groups around the world. So I think we were in the Seattle area when we were doing that. And we probably had about 50 to 100 skulls that were coming together when we did the groups and so on. So they were very powerful. So this is one of the things that we have been inspired. And I've also heard too, that like by Mayan pyramids and ruins in Mexico and Central America, since they have a connection with crystal skulls, they've done sacred ceremonies in those places. And sometimes they're um, kind of like guided uh, to do these ceremonies to reactivate the sacred energies that were connected with the, you know, the pyramids and, and those sacred sites. So yes, if you bring a, a bunch of skulls together, it can create a very powerful energy that can be used to help heal our planet and heal the people who are participating. So this, uh, <clears throat> I'm interested about this uh, Center for Humanity you were talking about. Is that going to be a, uh, an online thing, or is there actually going to be a, an actual center where people can go and and be a part of this community? Um, for right now, we can only be online because uh, we haven't received, I call it, the resources, which would include the funding to do it. But my intention is, and my vision, and I keep seeing this in my mind's eye whenever I think about it, is that eventually we're going to buy a building here in the Atlanta area, and this will become the main physical center. And I've already have uh, extended family, like in Canada and England. I just got a new group I 
made an agreement with in Italy, Australia, New Zealand, France, et cetera, Virgin Islands. Um, we will have sister centers where uh, the sister center will decide which of the various books we publish or documentaries or whatever uh, products or services we come up with they want to sponsor. And then they will be like um, a meeting point for people you know, to access our website that we'll have or our online information, et cetera. Um, so this is my vision. Now, there, now, this is something that is being talked about a lot right now, especially on Telegram, of a redistribution of wealth on the planet. And this has to do with, and I, didn't, I don't know if you want to bring this up or not, but it's the only way I can explain this, is that for many years now, we have been under the rule of um, the, uh, an elite or globalist, very wealthy people. And they have not been using that wealth for the benefit of humanity. I think we can see that very much so right now, especially what's going on with COVID and the pandemic and the vaccines. There's a lot of people who do not believe what we're hearing and what we're being told about this. And so it's kind of like a prophecy, but also I believe that we're in the process of a totally new financial system coming and a redistribution of wealth. In other words, money that has been stolen and taken from the average person is going to be returned. But a lot of these funds will be given to humanitarian or spiritual project. I'm connected to that process. I don't know when it's going to start happening. I think a sign of this is that Russia has publicly declared that the, their currency, the ruble, is now going to be backed by gold. Okay. Our dollar used to be backed by gold. But I think when Nixon was president, they stopped that. And, um, and this is what they're talking about in the future, that there will be new currencies all backed by precious metals all over the world. And the value of those currencies will be uh, uh, similar. In other words, it won't be like it is now where $1 is equal to hundreds of thousands of the currency of, let's say, a poorer country. Um, and so this is where I believe ultimately the funding will be coming from for our, our center. As I said, the galactic uh, beings I have around me are the ones who, who told me I need to start talking about this center. And I just see us being involved in all kinds of paranormal projects, getting out the best information in every form of media possible. And when the resources come to start building the center here in Atlanta. I'm going to be interviewing people and I'm going to ask them one question. If they don't know the answer to this question, I will not be able to bring them on board. And that is they have to know what makes their heart sink. What do they love to do more than anything else in the world? Because what I see is when a person comes into the Center for the Advancement of Humanity, when we have this building and everybody there is doing what they love, there's going to be such an amazing energy there. People will come in and they won't want to leave. They'll be totally treated with respect and love by the people working at the center. And this will be the way all of our centers will be all over the world. So I'm very excited about this project. I know it sounds 
you know, like it's just a dream or fantasy, but I think that we're very close to having the resources come that we will be able to start building these centers. So for right now, what we're doing is we're building a Rumble video channel. And we already have uh, two people that I've interviewed who are members of our center, who are spiritual mediums, one channeled in Arcturian and the other one channeled a Pleiadian. So I did a talk with them and we have on this video channel, their conversation. I think I sent you the link for that. John. I don't know if you had a chance yet to take a look at that. I also I, I, have. I did. I did have, check it out. Okay. I also have on there my interview of my research into Tartaria, which is a whole other subject of an advanced civilization that existed here on the earth that I believe was only 200 years ago, which most people will find uh, unbelievable and hard to digest. But I think we have proof of that. So we have the interview I did with my friend Nancy on her show. Uh, similar to like the shows you're doing uh, on there. And uh, I'm hoping to create a crystal skull panel uh, as another video that we'll have on the channel where I'm going to invite some other people besides myself who are knowledgeable about crystal skulls or teachers or authors or guardians. And, you know, just ask a couple of questions and have everybody give, you know, what's their answer? What, what do they think? How do they perceive that? So our center is going to be very connected with the Crystal Skull. I think we'll be setting up major events. And I'm, I, I've been told, and I don't know how this will happen, but some of these very ancient skulls will eventually find their way there and will be a part of the program and the events that we'll be doing so people will have a chance to experience them thems themselves. So um, this would be one thing I would recommend for you to consider which we've already talked about, is to eventually get your own crystal skull and start to have your own experiences. Because it's hard to understand perhaps some of the experiences I'm talking about until you've actually been with one. And then you can go, oh yeah, now I understand what Joshua's talking about. I feel this energy, or I'm or the skull is affecting my dreams, or you know, like I said, some people have had some kind of illness or or damage to their body that got cured as a result of being so that's what the what the center will be about i think it's you know crystal skulls communication with galactic the paranormal and also too i'm hoping we will have a department that will help with um health you know holistic healing and and uh spiritual healing and again on telegram and i've seen pictures of this and supposedly there are a few centers now that have this very advanced device called a med bed. I hope that we will have one of those med beds in the center so people can come in for free. And this uh, technology is uh, electromagnetic in nature and it totally can heal the person because every challenge that we have is based on an imbalance of the electromagnetic energies in our body. And I think in Atlantis, they did that. They would put you in a room and they would, you know, do an analysis of your situation, see what is the vibrational frequency, and they would have color and sound that would balance that out, and you would walk out perfectly healed. So I'm assuming there's a similar technology uh, with these beds, and they say that the galactics gifted these beds to us, and it's from them. So um, I'm I'm hopeful 
our center will have one or we will be connected to a local center here in the Atlanta area that has them that we can send people. So, you know, it, it, basically what it boils down to, John, is the center will only be limited by our imagination. And I'm sure, you know, even though I channeled a lot of different departments and projects that could be connected to the center, as we start having more and more people join us, they will bring in their, their dreams and their visions. And we'll try to work on those projects as well. Or we'll work with other centers or other organizations where we have something in common, you know, that we want to work on. We have different pieces of it. So we'll create an alliance and work with them on special projects. So um, that's kind of what I see for the center. Thank you for asking about that. It sounds amazing. Um, you know, the whole crystal, the whole crystal skull thing is very interesting because we really don't know lots about it. But from what you're saying, you know, the center could really develop a lot of things with with the crystal skulls and and helping people and healing people and uh, giving people like a spiritual awakening, which I think a lot of okay. people need that nowadays because you know the way the world's headed, it's not looking too good right now. But uh, well. Well, at the moment it isn't, but I need to share a message with your listeners. This is very important for them to understand. I think that the telepathic communication I have with loving galactics, as I call them, brothers and sisters, um, and also through some experiences, which would take me too long to explain, spiritual experiences I've had, I have been shown and I know within my being, with absolute certainty, that we are headed within the, about the next 15 to say 18 years, the total peace is coming to this planet. Um, I think that what's happening in the Ukraine is a sign of a war on consciousness that's been going on since JFK was president, which would be in the 60s. Um, that the major media is trying to make Putin out to be a villain. But think about it this way. And I'm just using this as, as an example. Russia is so powerful and the Ukraine is just a little tiny country. When the United States, I forget if it was Iraq or Iran, we went in there. Remember when George Bush Sr. was president? I remember this. Yeah, that and was, in a, a few that was days, Iraq, yeah. Yeah, Iraq. And in how many days? Three or four days, it was over. Yeah. Okay, but here we are. They came, they went in at the end of February, I believe, or early March. And here we are at almost end of June, like four months later, and it's still going on. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. The, the Ukraine does not have the military might to stop the Russians. If they wanted to go in there and conquer them, they could have done the same thing that the U.S. did with Iraq. And yet they did not do so. Okay, so there's something wrong about this. Now on Telegram, what they're saying is, and Putin has publicly said this, but the major media here in the United States will not cover this, but he has said it publicly, is that, that when the Second World War ended, the Nazis went into Ukraine. They literally took over the country. And then the US has backed these labs, like, you know, the lab in Wuhan where supposedly COVID started, 
there's at first I heard there were eight labs. Now it's like over 40. United States sponsored these labs to create um, viruses and, and flus and, and, you know, terrible uh, substances to infect the world. And Putin said he went in there to take that out, okay? That it was a threat to the entire world. So when I go into my intuition, this is the only thing that makes sense to me. And I've also heard on Telegram from people who are living in the Ukraine, like from the military or civilian, who said that when the Russians came and captured them, they did not treat them badly. They, they treated their wounds, they gave them food, they were kind to them. Um, and also, you know, there's two, two parts of the Ukraine on the eastern side, which Russia first uh, acknowledged their um, independence, and I'm not sure what they're called, but they're like two sections. And why, do, why did the people in those areas rebel against the Ukrainian government? They probably were rebelling because conditions there were very bad. And, you know, the major media uh, was not discussing this. Biden was very involved with Ukraine. Uh, his son was very involved with Ukraine. There was a lot of not things going on. So I think this war in the Ukraine is actually a sign that this war in consciousness that's going on behind the scenes, it's starting to come forward. And what I have been told by the galactics, and again, I can't prove it, but that through what happened with the pandemic and COVID, more than 50% of the people on the planet now are awakened and they're not trusting what the government and the media says and the medical profession too. They're not trusting it. Okay, there's something wrong. They're starting to feel that there isn't being told. And I believe that because of this shift in consciousness, this awakening of many people on our planet, there is a, a universal law by creator, which says if the majority of people on the world do not support the people that are in power and are against it, and do not give their power away, divine intervention will come. And I think that's what's been going on through our brothers and sisters, the galactics, they've been working with, they are calling them on telegram, the white hats or the alliance or whatever you want to call the people working for the freedom of our world, they're supporting them. And I think that we're already past the point now where the light has already won. And the best way to explain this is uh, Carrie Cassidy, who talks to all these whistleblowers on her interviews, and she's very well known. She had a guy named Bill Wood come talk about Project Looking Glass. Project Looking Glass was some technology they got from Stargates, which apparently came from the galactic skin. And what the what this device could do is you would think about uh, something you wanted to create or some future you wanted to do, and it would show you how such a future could happen. But there was a, another group who claims they worked with it that said that what this device really was doing was showing you parallel Earths because there's a philosophy that anything that we can imagine, like 
happening on our Earth exists in a parallel Earth. If it's not happening here, then those things are happening in a parallel Earth. So this device was mirroring like conditions in parallel Earth. But what happened, according to Mr. Wood, is in 2012, Project Looking Glass would only show one future for the Earth, no matter what situation or condition you presented it to it. And it was a what he called a great awakening of humanity, of this time of peace that's coming that I talk about. So what I say to your listeners is, is if you stop paying attention to what the major media is telling you, what the governments are telling you, and you go with your own gut feeling or intuition and maybe do this meditation for five or 10 minutes every day, where you give yourself permission to visualize in your mind, what would our world look like if we had total peace and harmony? And you do that like every day. I guarantee you there's going to be a day in the future where you're going to wake up and that's how the world's going to be. So um, all I can say is I just know inside myself, listening to my soul, listening to my feeling, my intuition, the telepathic messages that I'm receiving. We are on the path of total paradise and peace and harmony for the earth. I do not know exactly how we're going to get there. I do not know what are going to be major events that are going to take place, which will confirm for everyone that this definitely is going on. Um, some people say there'll be some kind of emergency broadcast that they have a technology that can take over all the communication system we have and they can start broadcasting the truth of what's really going on on our planet. I think this may be a part of it. Um, also, when I interviewed Heltor, who's the Pleiadian through Reverend Dr. Uh, Phil, which is one of the videos that I mentioned that we have for the center, it was talking about that it could also be the Pleiadian ship showing up in the sky. And they have the ability to send down to us an energy of love and peace so people will not be afraid of this. Okay, so there's many different possibilities that could happen that will open this door. But I think we are very, very close that before the end of this year, I'm almost absolutely convinced of it. Because I see our center happening. Our center being, having a physical center is linked to this great awakening. When this starts to happen, that's when our center will start to manifest in the physical. It's tied together. And this is probably the reason why uh, our galactic brothers and sisters were saying, hey, Joshua, you got to get started. You need to start uh, uh, creating the energy and planting it in the earth, you know, setting it up already. So when those resources come, you already have things set up. So, you know, right away where all the resources need to go. So I think this is the reason why I've been guided to do it. I, being an Aries, it's not um, crazy for me to go ahead and start working on something where I have, I don't have all the resources necessary to create it other than the vision of it in my mind's eye and the belief that it's important and that it will help a lot of people. So this is something I wanna say to your listeners about, you know, really there's a lot of positive things happening behind the scenes that are going on. And I think the, the rubles being backed by gold is a good sign, the war in the Ukraine, I saw supposedly one of the leaks posted 
something somewhere and said, if we lose the Ukraine, it's over, we're done. That means all the, the, the old financial system, the stealing of money, uh, the, the vaccines, all these challenges that we have and craziness that goes on, it's over, it's done. I think we're, we're very close. We're, we're speaking, what's today, June 23rd, John? Yeah. So I think, you know, it could be next month. I, I don't know. You know the, the main problem, main challenge people have who believe in this is they keep waiting, you know, because it keeps going on. Like uh, for many people they know, for example, here in the U.S., that Trump didn't lose the election. I mean, I listened to meetings where witnesses came in and talked about the madness that was going on to um, put in extra votes and get rid of votes for Trump and so on. It's like they had, they have all the evidence, but Trump went ahead and let Biden become president because he needed people to see what was going to happen when the Democrats took over. And there's nothing good that's happened since Biden has been president. No, I haven't seen anything. (laughs) Right. I haven't seen anything good he's done. Our gas prices are high. We're running out of food. We've got all these immigrants coming in from the South. He's sending a lot of money to the Ukraine that could be used to help poor people here in the United States. Yes. So, So there's absolutely nothing good. But I think that Trump and the people working with him, the White Hats, the Alliance, they knew people wouldn't believe the, the election could have been stolen unless they had proof, you know, of what of what's happening. Now I think they have this proof. Now they're beginning to wake up. So I think we're really close here at the edge of some major breakthroughs coming. And just people, you know, even though you no know, Maybe not so much here in the United States, but I know in other countries they're having very difficult time, you know, with mandates and mass sale and vaccines and so on. We just have to stay positive. And the key is if something doesn't feel right or is immoral, you must say no. I will not do this. I will not participate. I will not give it my energy. I will not give my power away. Exactly. And I think. And I think this is, you know, what's happening for a lot of people. They're starting to wake up and realize that um, we, the people, are the ones who have, are in charge of this world. It's not these uh, these 13 families, they say, which comprise the globalists you know, who are deciding things for us and trying to convince us of scenarios uh, which are not true. Uh, so I think uh, Tartaria is an example that we haven't been taught the true history of the earth, but that would require, you know, a whole other show or uh, your listeners need to come to our our um, Rumble channel and they can watch my conversation with uh, my friend Nancy on Tartaria. Yeah, so, definitely, definitely. Um, definitely get out your information on here about uh, Rumble, the show oh, yeah. the Rumble and uh, where everybody can reach you at and... Uh, the center okay. and all that we want to get it all out there okay so why don't we go ahead and do that right now so i don't have everything memorized for the center so i'll just use my crystal skull email that i have if people want to know more and i can send them the link unless you know you have a way in the description because i think i sent you these things yes i will put uh, i will put those links in the uh description when i uh, edit the show I'll put those okay. links in, in the description for the show page. 
Okay, so I'm going to recommend that people go look at the description of the show or the links on the center. But if they want to contact me like right away, my best email is crystalskullexplorers at gmail.com. Crystalskullexplorers, plural, at gmail.com. And our Crystal Skull website is CSE, like Crystal Skull Explorers, CSE.CrystalSkullExplorers.com will take you to our website. And on our website, we do have a free ebook on Crystal Skulls that you can download, as well as the other books that we offer. And I have five other free ebooks too, like on Tartaria, Flat Earth, et cetera. So if you email me, I can let you know how to get. Uh, access to these six free ebooks we have, or whichever ones you're interested in. Another thing that we've been helping people, which I'm hoping will be helping you, John, eventually at some point, is we have carvers in uh, India and China who make crystal skulls for us. So we've been helping people to get their own crystal skull. And um, if they come here, uh, Katrina has a gift, my wife Katrina to activate the skull. So some people decide to have them activated by us or sit with our personal crystal skulls, which we have 30, so that's something. And then on uh, Rumble, I have three video channels there, one for crystal skull, one for flat earth, and one for the Center for the Advancement of Humanity. So um, John will give you the link to the Center and the crystal skull. Um, Rumble video channel, so you can watch that as well. So that's basically, you know, what we have. And uh, if there's any questions I can answer, or if you want to get on our mailing list, we have a mailing list too. So you can be updated when we have updates. Uh, that's also on our website, or I can explain to you how to sign up for that. So I want to thank you, John, for giving me this opportunity to talk about all these subjects. Uh, I hope it's been beneficial to your listeners. I think they're all very important with you know what's happening right now. But really the key is is to really start trusting more from a paranormal or spiritual perspective, that aspect of ourselves. It's very, very important. Um, I believe that all of us are individual pieces of creator, that everything that exists is a is a molecule or particle of God, and we're a part of that. And um I think that um, this divine love that creator has for all creation is coming to our earth. And uh, he's very, he, she, I have to say, is very well aware of what's going on. And I think that the globalist, the elite, they've gone too far. There's, you know, we have, haven't talked about it, but the more I hear about it, many horrific things that they've been involved in, that this cannot continue. So, um, so our world can have peace, and then we'll be uh, part of the uh, Galactic Federation again, and we'll be having many galactic uh, visitors here that we can learn from and possibly go and visit their world. So it's going to be really amazing life that's ahead of us. Uh, that's all I can see. That sounds Hopefully, amazing. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I I hope it's uh, it all comes true and. Uh, Definitely need world peace because uh, it's uh, definitely a little crazy out there right now. It's it, something needs to change because right now it's not a good time in our history, and uh, it's not getting better at this point. It needs to get better, but it isn't. And 
something really big needs to happen to change, and uh, it's it's heading to right. it's heading to that. Hopefully, yes, definitely. Or I heard a, a message before I came on your show today, and that is truth always prevails. Divine truth always prevails. So this is actually what's happening right now. The truth is coming out about everything, both the light and the dark. And you have to know about the dark so you don't give your power away. But the truth always prevails, and that's what's happening right now. The truth is coming out, and um, you know I'm I'm hopeful before the end of the year, these things I'm talking about. People go, yeah, you know, Joshua understood this and was trying to prepare us for this. And that's what I kind of feel like when I do these shows. I'm kind of like a messenger, not only to give hope, but to prepare people for what's coming. And that will be a key service of our center, because I think a lot of people are going to be in shock when this truth comes out. And we'll be helping them to ease that shock and to explain things in a very loving and kind and gentle way so that they can you know, integrate into the new heaven and earth, which is coming. I know this, it's coming. And um, at any moment in time, major stuff start coming out. Just, I think the key is we just all have to believe in it, even if we don't know the exact sequence of events that bring it, just know it's going to happen. Feel it in yourself, know it's going to happen. And that's a very simple thing to do. You know, it's like riding a bicycle. You've got to practice that, but eventually it becomes a part of you and then you don't have to think about it. Exactly. It's like when, I'm, when I moved to Holland, I hadn't ridden a bicycle for probably 30 or 40 years. And I got on and I started riding. And I start riding, you know. So yeah. it was still 30, 40 years later, was still in my subconscious mind how to do it. Yep. So then, then once you start learning, once you learn how to bike, you never forget how to ride it, right? Right. <laughs> and and that's why you know, right? And that's why you know there are people who are very wealthy. What do they tell you? The power of the mind. I have a positive mindset. I expect to have success. So all we need to do is expect we're going to have, expect that we're going to do the things we love. That you know, we won't have all these all this tension and pressure and challenges that we have now, we're going to have people just expect. You don't need to know how. It's as simple as that. Because if it is the power of the mind, it's probably like um, Ken Keyes wrote about in The Hundredth Monkey, I think it was back in the 70s or early 80s. After a certain amount of monkeys on these islands in Japan understood how to clean their sweet potatoes, then all the monkeys on all the islands learned how to do it. So he was postulating in the book, which individual will be the hundredth monkey person that knows about peace, that flips the switch, and then we all understand about peace. Well, that's how powerful our thoughts and what we believe. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. And they have a scientific term for, for this uh, phenomenon, uh, a race, when a certain number or members of a race gain a certain understanding than all the people gain the understanding. I think that's going to happen possibly around the true nature of our world. It may parallel a little bit of flat earth, but again, that's another subject. Well, Josh, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show tonight. Uh, it was a very interesting show, and I definitely want to have you back again talking more about uh, the Crystal Skulls and 
and your center you're going to be building and you know just more elaboration on, on more things and, and give you some more time talking about all this stuff. I'd be happy to do that, John. So again, thank you very much. Hope everybody's going to have a, a great day or great week whenever you listen to the show. And uh, of course, feel free to contact us. And, and also to keep listening to the shows John's doing. He's doing a great job. He's coming up with great guests. So please support John and his podcast with you as well. Thank, thank you, you again, John. Yes, sir. You have a great uh, rest of your week, and uh, I'll be in contact with you again to have you on the show again. Okay, sounds good. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Joshua Shapiro, ladies and gentlemen, that was Joshua Shapiro, the Crystal Skull Explorer. Great, great guy. Wow. That was a great show. Uh, definitely uh, was an interesting show, and uh, Definitely told me a lot about Crystal Skulls that I didn't really know about, didn't know about, excuse me. Um, and, and I think a, a lot of things that, that he's talking about are, are ringing true with, with what's going on with the world today. Uh, you know, this stuff with Ukraine and Russia and the United States, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a mess that the world really doesn't need right now. We already are experiencing so many different things of negativity in the world you know homelessness i mean this is these are things we should be worried about as humanity you know people are homeless people are starving uh in in every country all over the world this this is happening you know you have poverty and we're sending millions and billions of the united states is sending billions of dollars to fight a war we have people in our own country right now that are sleeping on the streets literally two blocks from the White House that are homeless, and we're sending billions of dollars to another country for war and destruction, and here's homeless veterans that are on the streets, sleeping on the streets, nowhere to live. And that's all over the world. And we're sending billions of dollars to, to, to fight war. Uh, this doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, it definitely, uh, maybe somehow these crystal skulls can make a, a difference in you know, create a, a humanity that's that's peaceful instead of uh, always wanting to fight and, uh, and and kill each other. And you know, it just doesn't make any sense. So, you know, even the social media is, nowadays is really hostile. People are ready to tear each other apart over the stupidest little things, and uh, it's quite ridiculous. At some point, I mean, I get on podcasting this podcasting to. Uh, show people these experiences as paranormal uh, things that have happened to me over the years and even UFO things that I've experienced and I like getting guests on talking about this kind of stuff it's totally interesting to me uh, to see you know how people react to different things that I've experienced or uh, other people have experienced it makes me keep doing the podcast and it makes I hope, I hope the listeners that everyone out there that's listening to the show is enjoying the content of the show. I don't, you know, if there's any, if you want to hear different things about, you know, other paranormal things, I am going to get into different things, but I really like ghosts. That's what I've always been into, ghost UFOs, but I'm into all kinds of things with paranormal. If you have anything that you want specific about the show, you want to do an episode on, that you want me to do an episode on, just uh, contact uh, 
through email, which is uh, paranormaljournal18 at comcast.net. That's paranormaljournal18 at comcast.net. Send me an email. Say, hey, I like. Maybe can you talk about this on the show? Can you talk about that on the show? Can I come on the show? I would love to have you on the show if you want to do an, an episode of you with your paranormal experiences, your Bigfoot experiences, UFO experiences, cryptids, skinwalkers. I will do an episode on anything relating supernatural things. I don't care if you're listening and you want to come on the show, talking about your paranormal experiences of any kind, supernatural, cryptid. UFOs, I don't care what it is. Bigfoot, send me an email. ParanormalJournal18 at Comcast.net, and we'll do an episode. Well, folks, thank you for listening to the show tonight with the Crystal Skulls, and I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get uh, some information about this stuff. And and if you have any questions, definitely contact Joshua because he's a really intelligent guy. And uh, he's been doing this a long time. He's been all over the world. With this crystal, with the crystal skulls, uh, with the studies of it, so definitely get in contact with him. Check out his center, you know. Check out the Center for Humanity. I mean, it's a great, great thing. I think it's going to be a great thing, and God knows we need it. So, thank you for tuning in tonight, folks. Keep down, keep keep listening to the podcast. Download, share, like it, love it. Email me. I don't care. Whatever you want to email me about, email it, and. uh Have a great rest of your week. Thanks, guys. That will conclude our broadcast of the Paranormal Journal podcast. Have a great night.